Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, this is Chelsea, and I'm joined today by Ryan and Lindsay, and we are talking about Second Chronicles and Hezekiah and his religious reforms, which is very interesting. Love Hezekiah. He's a great guy. Name your children after <laughs> Finally, Hezekiah. Finally, a great guy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, what stuck out to you guys? Um, I would say that one of the things that sticks out to me is this passage about purifying the temple. It does actually seem similar to Solomon actually dedicating the temple. There's just like sacrifice and mass. Uh, the people are finally at a place. And we, we of course have like all this much more context of people being lost, but the people actually seem to finally be in a place where they're excited about seeking the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this long I mean, 16 days to clean the temple complex of just all this filth. Um, and it's, it, it's exciting. It should, it should get us excited about the fact that we've seen a lot of warnings of judgment here. We see people that are like, Oh, let's pay attention to this. We need to actually respond. And, and there's still people who don't respond. You see like the runners, the runners that go out to proclaim that this is happening. It, there's actually a line that like a lot of people scoffed at them. So it's not necessarily all the people, but there is a contingent of people who are excited to finally serve the Lord. Yeah. Led by Hezekiah, which yeah. he gives this kind of, I would say, inspiring speech to the Levites in the very beginning of our reading where he's saying, the Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence. Like, don't delay any longer. And it says they got right to work. <laughs> I was surprised when I read that. I was like, oh, that's very American sounding. <laughs> they got right to work. <laughs> <laughs> they got busy and started doing <laughs> nine to five. Started cleaning. <laughs> They, I mean, and this is response to, um, they've seen what has happened to Israel north of them. So we have a divided nation. Israel has been carried off by the Assyrians or conquered by the Assyrians. And they had the Assyrians knocking on their door, but God spared them. So they, he actually mentions here, like the Assyrians kind of did their best, but God spared us. Mm. And it is one of those things where it's so easy, like God does a miraculous rescue And then we're like, my life will never be the same, God. I'm going to serve you every single day. I'm serious now. Like, this is it. And then we just go back. Mm -hmm. But they really, like, Hezekiah was like, oh, no. Like, I've seen what the judgment that happened in the northern kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I saw God's supernatural deliverance in my own country. Mm -hmm. And we are going to turn back to God because this is serious business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the people all come to Jerusalem from all over the place, and they worship together. Um, what stuck out to you guys in that passage specifically? I think for me is as they're restoring, so they're going to celebrate Passover, but they're doing the bigger picture of restoring worship to the temple. So the reader or those listening, you might maybe hopefully you're tracking that they've obviously stopped worshiping in the temple. They've all gone off and they've started worshiping other gods and doing their own little private you know, foreign God worship practices, and the temple had totally fallen into disrepair. Mm -hmm. So they don't just say, hey, let's celebrate the Passover feast. Let's restore the Levites back. Let's get this the whole thing going and have right worship again. And it's really beautiful. Their response was not just, let's get the temple going again. It was that when it says here that when they celebrated the Passover, that there's this powerful line that said, 
this shamed the priests and the Levites, and they purified themselves again and brought burnt offerings to the temple, which we think of shame as bad, but shame is good when it's in proper response to the fact of realizing our own sinfulness. Hmm. And to be righteously ashamed, like, oh my gosh, I'm a sinner before a holy God. And so they, in response to meeting before God, repented. It's Mm -hmm. this recognition, I'm a sinful person. And then they left the temple and they go out and smash all the idols. Mm. Like we see how serious they are. This isn't just a summer camp experience. <laughs> like, like they're serious. Like they leave and don't just repent with their words. They repent with their actions and destroy all these foreign idols that they have. And then they start acting in generosity and giving so many offerings. It says it's mounding up in heaps. They don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> so this is like old fashioned revival happening. Like this is a, this is revival. Like when we say we're praying for revival in our countries today, this is what we should be praying for. Mm-hmm. Repentance, turning from our wicked ways, living in community of generosity, just like in the book of Acts. Yeah. This is like, the first X. <laughs> yeah. And in these in these um, prophets that we're reading, we read so many times that the Lord is like, I don't want your religious practices. I want your hearts. I want true worship. I want justice. I want all these things. And so even though in these passages, the people don't follow the law to like the letter, there's like, they're, I don't know, are they not ceremonially clean or something? They're not purified. Something happens. But Hezekiah prays and the Lord hears his prayer and honors it. So it's proof of these other passages passages that are saying we don't just God doesn't just want your religious systems and rituals. Yeah. He wants your heart. And it proves it right here that God doesn't care about the law that he'd rather have your heart. Yeah. Um he wants and, transformed hearts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And out of that um comes joy. I mean, you see the word joy or give thanks or celebration so many times in the paragraphs following that that repentance out of repentance comes joy. Yeah. I love, um, that. I love it too. And if you ever had this experience where you are like lost in sin and you truly repent and you turn from it and you give it over to God and you change your life in that way, like there's joy that comes out of it. Of that, like even that shame of just like, Oh my gosh, I, I missed, I missed it. I missed it. I messed up. I failed. Um, there's joy in recognizing that and turning and following God. Yeah, Christians, we should be professional repenters. Hmm. Not because we're so hard on ourselves, but because that's where the joy is. Mm-hmm. That is where wholeness and healing and life, like, we should hunger for it because we really experience the joy that comes from repentance. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, you get a sense that these people were not like, hey, I'm great. The w- I'm, I'm fantastic just the way I am. Right. They're like, oh, shoot, we got to actually smash all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like, I think we talked about a couple days ago. You, we've, we've talked about Hezekiah already. Um, And Hezekiah is the first, I think, the first king that actually goes the extra mile and destroys the high places and like all that. He goes beyond just Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Um, And we noted that. I think we talked about that. So what's interesting here is that I think this is also unique language. And Lindsay talked about this a little bit already in that the people themselves then decide to go out and tear down the high places. So it's like the king, we've seen Kings who come in and tear down Asherah poles. That has happened before. This is like the first like full scale widespread. Like the people are like, Oh King, you missed the one down the road. Also there's one in that guy's house. Like they're, they're going at, they're, they're going yeah. after cleaning up the whole land. And so I love, yeah. I love your perspective of like, this is real revival. This is axe. This is pre axe axe. Yep. Um, yeah. Where it's like, no, there's, there's going to be a new thing. And you know, this is, we're just, 
we're on the cycle, of course, but yeah. but this is really what it looks like to have a changed life. And it's it's unique. It's worth noting. It brings joy. Yeah. Um, this is a pretty cool part in this narrative. It's really refreshing to read this after so many times of like, and he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, but he didn't tear down the shrine yeah. and the Asherah pole. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. And finally, Hezekiah does it. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> finally. This is our guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is him. Yeah. And so, and kind of going back to some of those prophecies that, pointed to like a good king, which uh, obviously it ultimately points to Jesus. But I think Hezekiah was that king in some of these prophecies mm-hmm. that were like a king, a good king is coming out of the line of David. And Hezekiah is that person in that immediate prophecy. Mm-hmm. So really yeah. cool. Yeah. I think anyone listening as they read this can immediately apply it this week in your life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And as you look and spending time in personal worship or gathering with your local church and spending time in worship, we should be, these are really practical things we could be asking ourselves and asking God. Is there any sin that I should be repenting of? Show, search my heart, oh God. Or is there any idols in my life you want to tear down? Mm-hmm. Like that I should be turning away from? Yeah. And, or is there any act of generosity mm-hmm. that I could be having? I know one of the things that God challenges my husband and I a lot is often coming out of worship times. He just has impressed on us at different times, like, an act of generosity mm. and not just in an offering to your local church. Sure. That's good too, but like inviting someone over for dinner or I know a single mom that's struggling. Let's give or a young missionary that we can give to like mm-hmm. just to be. And there's so much joy that comes out. Mm-hmm. We realize that that's been lacking in our life because we weren't living lives of generosity. But those are like simple things to not just be worshiping with our, if you're a Pentecostal with your hands high. <laughs> <laughs> but really, like these, looking at these things, it doesn't, we don't have to make it complicated. Anything I repent of, anything I can tear down, anything, a way I could be generous this week with yeah. the people around me. Yeah, that's good. Guys, thanks so much for listening today, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Second Chronicles 29, beginning in verse 3. In the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He summoned the priests and Levites to meet him at the courtyard east of the temple. He said to them, Listen to me, you Levites. Purify yourselves and purify the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary. Our ancestors were unfaithful and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They abandoned the Lord and his dwelling place. They turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors to the temple's entry room and they snuffed out the lamps. They stopped burning incense and presenting burnt offerings at the sanctuary of the God of Israel. That is why the Lord's anger has fallen upon Judah and Jerusalem. He has made them an object of dread, horror, and ridicule, as you can see with your own eyes. Because of this, our fathers have been killed in battle, and our sons and daughters and wives have been captured. But now I'll make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My sons, do not neglect your duties any longer. The Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence and minister to him, and to lead the people in worship and present offerings to him. Then these Levites got right to work. From the clan of Koath, Mahath, son of Amasai, and Joel, son of Azariah. From the clan of Merari, Kish, son of Abdi, and Azariah, son of Jehalel. From the clan of Gershon, Joah, son of Zimah, and Eden, son of Joah. From the family of Elazaphan, Shimri, and Jeel. From the family of Asaph, Zechariah, and Mataniah. From the family of Heman, Jehiel, and Shimei. From the family of Jethuthan, Shemaiah, and Uzal. 
These men called together their fellow Levites, and they all purified themselves. They began to cleanse the temple of the Lord, just as the king had commanded. They were careful to follow all the Lord's instructions in their work. The priests went into the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord to cleanse it, and they took out the temp- to the temple courtyard all the defiled things they found. From there, the Levites carted it all out to the Kidron Valley. They began the work early in spring on the first day of the new year, and in eight days they had reached the entry room of the Lord's temple. Then they purified the temple of the Lord itself, which took another eight days. So the entire task was completed in 16 days. Then the Levites went to King Hezekiah and gave him this report. We have cleansed the entire temple of the Lord, the altar of burnt offering, with all its utensils, and the table of the bread of the presence with all its utensils. We have also recovered all the items discarded by King Ahaz when he was unfaithful and closed the temple. They are now in front of the altar of the Lord, purified and ready for use. Early the next morning, King Hezekiah gathered the city officials and went to the temple of the Lord. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, and seven male lambs as a burnt offering, together with seven male goats as a sin offering for the kingdom, for the temple, and for Judah. The king commanded the priests, who were the descendants of Aaron, to sacrifice the animals on the altar of the Lord. So they killed the bulls, and the priests took the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. Next, they killed the rams and sprinkled their blood on the altar. And finally, they did the same with the male lambs. The male goats for the sin offering were then brought before the king and the assembly of people who laid their hands on them. The priests then killed the goats as a sin offering and sprinkled their blood on the altar to make an atonement for the sins of all Israel. The king had specifically commanded that this burnt offering and sin offering should be made for all Israel. King Hezekiah then stationed the Levites at the temple of the Lord with cymbals, lyres, and harps. He obeyed all the commands that the Lord had given to King David through Gad, the king's seer, and the prophet Nathan. The Levites then took their positions around the temple with the instruments of David, and the priests took their positions with the trumpets. Then Hezekiah ordered that the burnt offering be placed on the altar. As the burnt offering was presented, songs of praise to the Lord were begun, accompanied by the trumpets and the other instruments of David, the former king of Israel. The entire assembly worshipped the Lord as the singers sang and trumpets blew until all the burnt offerings were finished. Then the king and everyone with him bowed down in worship. King Hezekiah and the officials ordered the Levites to praise the Lord with the Psalms written by David and by Asaph the seer. So they offered joyous praise and bowed down in worship. Then Hezekiah declared, Now that you have consecrated yourself to the Lord, bring your sacrifices and thanksgiving offerings to the temple of the Lord. So the people brought their sacrifices and thanksgiving offerings, and all whose hearts were willing brought burnt offerings too. The people brought to the Lord 70 bulls, 100 rams, and 200 male lambs for burnt offerings. They also brought 600 cattle and 3,000 sheep and goats as sacred offerings. But there were too few priests to prepare all the burnt offerings, so there were relatives, the Levites, helped them until the work was finished and more priests had been purified. For the Levites had been more conscientious about purifying themselves than the priests had been. There was an abundance of burnt offerings along with the usual liquid offerings and a great deal of fat from the many peace offerings. So the temple of the Lord was restored to service and Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced because of what God had done for the people for everything had been accomplished so quickly. King Hezekiah now sent word to all Israel and Judah and he wrote letters of invitation to the people of Ephraim and Manasseh. He asked everyone to come to the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover of the Lord, the God of Israel. The king, his officials, and all the community of Jerusalem decided to celebrate Passover a month later than usual. They were unable to celebrate it at the prescribed time because not enough priests could be purified by then, and the people had not yet assembled at Jerusalem. 
This plan for keeping Passover seemed right to the king and all the people. So they sent a proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba in the south to Dan in the north, inviting everyone to come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover of the Lord, the God of Israel. The people had not been celebrating it in great numbers as required in the law. At the king's command, runners were sent throughout Israel and Judah. They carried letters that said, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, so that he will return to the few of us who have survived the conquest of the Assyrian kings. Do not be like your ancestors and relatives who abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and became an object of derision, as you yourselves can see. Do not be stubborn as they were, but submit yourselves to the Lord. Come to his temple, which he has set apart as holy forever. Worship the Lord your God, so that his fierce anger will turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your relatives and your children will be treated mercifully by their captors, and they will be able to return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful. If you return to him, he will not continue to turn his face from you. The runners went from town to town throughout Ephraim and Manasseh, as far as the territory of Zebulun. But most of the people just laughed at the runners and made fun of them. However, some people from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. At the same time, God's hand was on the people in the land of Judah, giving them all one heart to obey the orders of the king and his officials, who were following the word of the Lord. So a huge crowd assembled at Jerusalem in mid-spring to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. They sent to work and removed the pagan altars from Jerusalem. They took away all the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. On the fourteenth day of the second month, one month later than usual, the people slaughtered the Passover lamb. This shamed the priests and the Levites, so they purified themselves and brought burnt offerings to the temple of the Lord. Then they took their place at the temple as prescribed by the, in the law of Moses, the man of God. The Levites brought the sacrificial blood to the priests, who then sprinkled it on the altar. Since many of the people had not purified themselves, the Levites had to slaughter their Passover lamb for them, to set them apart for the Lord. Most of those who came from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun had not purified themselves. But King Hezekiah prayed for them, and they were all allowed to eat the Passover meal anyway, even though this was contrary to the requirements of the law. For Hezekiah said, May the Lord who is good pardon those who decide to follow the Lord, the God of their ancestors, even though they are not properly cleansed for the ceremony. And the Lord listened to Hezekiah's prayer and healed the people. So the people of Israel who were present in Jerusalem joyously celebrated the festival of the unleavened bread for seven days. Each day the Levites and the priests sang to the Lord, accompanied by loud instruments. Hezekiah encouraged all the Levites regarding the skill they displayed as they served the Lord. The celebration continued for seven days. Peace offerings were sacrificed, and the people gave thanks to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. The entire assembly then decided to continue the festival another seven days, so they celebrated joyfully another week. King Hezekiah gave the people 1,000 bulls, 7,000 sheep and goats for offerings, and the officials donated 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep and goats. Meanwhile, many more priests purified themselves. The entire assembly of Judah rejoiced, including the priests, the Levites, all who came down from the land of Israel, the foreigners who came to the festival, and all those who lived in Judah. There was great joy in the city, for Jerusalem had not seen a celebration like this one since the days of Solomon, King David's son. Then the priests and Levites stood and blessed the people, and God heard their prayer from his holy dwelling in heaven.
When the festival ended, the Israelites who attended went to all the towns of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh, and they smashed all the sacred pillars, cut down the Asherah poles, and removed the pagan shrines and altars. After this, the Israelites returned to their towns and homes. Hezekiah then organized the priests and Levites into divisions to offer the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, and to worship and give thanks and praise to the Lord at the gates of the temple. The king also made a personal contribution of animals for the daily morning and evening burnt offerings, the weekly Sabbath festivals, the monthly new moon festivals, and the annual festivals as prescribed in the law of the Lord. In addition, he required the people in Jerusalem to bring a portion of their goods to the priests and Levites so that they could devote themselves fully to the law of the Lord. When the people of Israel heard these requirements, they responded generously by bringing their first share of their grain, new wine, olive oil, honey, and all the produce of their fields. They brought a large quantity, a tithe of all they produced. The people who had moved to Judah from Israel and the people of Judah themselves brought in the tithes of their cattle, sheep, and goats, and tithe of all the things that had been dedicated to the Lord their God, and they piled them up in great heaps. They began piling them up in late spring, and the heaps continued to grow until early autumn. When Hezekiah and his officials came and saw the huge piles, they thanked the Lord and his people Israel. Where did all this come from? Hezekiah asked the priests and the Levites. And Azariah, the high priest from the family of Zadok, replied, Since the people began bringing their gifts to the Lord's temple, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare. The Lord has blessed his people, and all this is left over. Hezekiah ordered the storerooms to be prepared in the temple of the Lord. When this was done, the people faithfully brought all the gifts, tithes, and other items dedicated for the use in the temple. Conaniah, the Levite, was put in charge, assisted by his brother Shimei. The supervisors under them were Jehiel, Azaziah, Nahath, Asahel, Jeremoth, Josabad, Eliel, Ismachiah, Mahath, and Benaniah. These appointed were made by King Hezekiah and Azariah, the chief official in the temple of God. Kore, son of Imnah, the Levite, who was a gatekeeper at the east gate, was put in charge of distributing the voluntary offerings given to God, the gifts, and all the things that had been dedicated to the Lord. His faithful assistants were Eden, Minamiamin, Jeshua, Shemaiah, Amariah, and Shechaniah. They distributed the gifts among the families of the priests in their towns by their divisions, dividing the gifts fairly among old and young alike. They distributed the gifts to all the males, three years old or older, regardless of their place in the genealogical records. The distribution went to all who would come to the Lord's temple to perform their daily duties according to their divisions. They distributed gifts to the priests who were listed by their families in the genealogical records, and to the Levites, 20 years old or older, who were listed according to their jobs and their divisions. Food allotments were also given to the families of all those listed in the genealogical records, including their little babies, wives, sons, and daughters, for they had all been faithful in purifying themselves. As for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who were living in the open villages around the towns, men were appointed by name to distribute portions to every male among the priests and to all the Levites listed in the genealogical records. In this way, King Hezekiah handled the distribution throughout all Judah, doing what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord his God. In all that he did in the service of the temple of God and in his efforts to follow God's laws and commands, Hezekiah sought his God wholeheartedly. As a result, he was very successful.
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.